Lord, help me. This movie, uh, this, this summer, I saw the movie Rudy again on an airplane flight where you can watch all those movies. I, I love the story. That in 1972, this young man, Daniel Rudy Rudiger, he had a dream of playing football at Notre Dame. He wanted it more than anything. The problem, there's two problems, at least. His grades were too low, and he could not afford Notre Dame. So after college, or I'm sorry, after high school, he said, what can I do? I know what I'll do. He went and joined the military for four years. After that, he went back, and with the GI Bill, he could now afford school, but his grades weren't good. And so he enrolled in this, the college across the street of Holy Cross, and he knew that he'd have to get straight A's. And so he worked hard. He kept persevering. He found out during that time that he's, he was dyslexic his whole life and didn't know it and was fighting through that. And after two years and the fourth try, he was accepted into Notre Dame. He walked onto the football team and they said, well, that's nice, but you're 156 pounds. Um, so they put him, actually he worked hard enough to be on the scout team. And I think the movie captures this well where he's working so hard in practice that he wants it. But there's other people on the team like the, the quarterback and different people. And the coach says, you need to have more desire like Rudy. That, that yes, you're on the team, but you don't act like it. But he is not really on the team, but wants to be on the team. And the big moment came in the, the last game of his senior year where finally the coach said, all right, I'll put you in. So he was in for three plays, and on the last play of the game, he sacked the quarterback. He became the first player ever for Notre Dame to be carried off the field. This unlikely outsider became the hero because of his persistence. In our gospel today, Jesus highlights this unlikely outsider who becomes the hero because of her persistence. Jesus is outside of Jerusalem in the Jewish area. He's in Tyre and Sidon. And this, this Canaanite woman, she's an outsider, comes and asks Jesus to help, him, help her with her daughter. And what does scripture say? Jesus did not say a word to her. You ever ask God for something really good and important and it feels like he's not listening? You ever get the silent treatment from God? It hurts. And, and it makes us want to give up. It makes me want to just go the other way. Well, this isn't working, so... But this woman is undeterred. That she keeps asking... She keeps crying out, and then the disciples get annoyed, and they say to Jesus, send her away. And Jesus says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So now he's kind of, he's almost like talking to her, but loud, or talking to them, but loud enough so she can hear. Kind of saying, like, you're not one of the insiders here. Well, let me ask you, was Jesus, was Jesus sent just for some people? 
Jesus came to save everyone, knowing that not everyone would respond. But he's trying to teach his disciples something. That he's not just talking to this woman. He's, he's trying to educate his disciples. This woman then replies very simply, Lord, help me. And then that simple statement, those three words, what is she saying? She's calling Jesus Lord, like you are God. Help me. You are the one who can help me. You want me to go away, but where else am I going to go? You know, I might, I might want a lot of things in my life, but the one thing I need is God. There will be a day in my life where I don't need oxygen anymore. I don't need food, but I will still need God. That he's the one I need. And do I have that, that hunger, that thirst, like this woman does? So Jesus replies, what does he say? He says, it's not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. We, we, don't, need to, we don't need to understand the culture to understand that he's calling her a dog. It seems like he's calling her a dog. That, like throwing pearls before swine. I don't want to throw something good before... And, and she, once again, is not deterred. Like, you and I, we get turned off from things like, I don't like how that person looked at me. I'm not going back there ever again. Like, Jesus is almost kind of like pushing her away, and she's like, I'm not going anywhere. And she replies, please, Lord, for even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of their masters. She's... She's not even denying it, but she's saying, okay, just give me a little, that, that you are God, and even if you gave me just a little bit of your divine life and grace, that's more than enough for what I need. Like just, I just need a little bit, a little bit of your love, a little bit of faith in my life, and, that, and that's enough. And then Jesus comes clean and says, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. Why, why did Jesus go through this whole, this whole story? That, that Jesus is allowing this outsider to be an example to the insiders because sometimes the insiders can get really complacent. You know, I, I, it's interesting to think about, do I pray more when I'm in need and suffering? Or do I pray more when things are easy? Sometimes people will say, you know, Father, when, when things are easy, I actually don't pray as much. I just don't think about it. I'm just living my life. And so sometimes God allows us to be in great need because it, it actually opens us up to him more. That St. Augustine says that our perseverance in prayer, is, it actually expands or enlarges our heart to be able to receive what God wishes to give us. The kind of the, the resistance is, is a stretching because I'm not, I'm not big enough, I'm not open enough to be able to receive what God really wants to give me. And so he, he needs, he's kind of holding me off until I'm ready to receive it. And meanwhile, it's, it's meant, my perseverance is meant to enlarge my heart. 
And so those things that we ask for that it feels like God's not listening are actually the most important things probably. Praying for the healing of somebody, praying for the faith of someone we love, praying for people to be protected, like really good things that we're asking for and it feels like, God, why isn't it happening? But does, does God just listen to some voices? God listens to everything. But his response is in the perfect timing and in the perfect manner. And so my job, I, I can't control when and how God answers, but my job is to keep persevering in the midst of obstacle after obstacle, to be real and honest with God about what I desire. Like Jesus in the garden saying, Father, take this cup away from me. I, I don't want this. Here's what I want. <sighs> but not my will, your will be done. To ask and ask and to accept what God is giving me now, knowing it's what's best for me. There was a woman named Elizabeth, Elizabeth Lesueur. She married the love of her life a few years back in France, a charming fellow named Felix. He was a journalist and a diplomat. And they found out that they weren't going to be able to have any children. But that wasn't their biggest problem. The bigger problem was during their engagement, Felix was honest with Elizabeth and said, hey, in the course of my studies, my academics, I lost my faith. And I still go to church sometimes because my, to make my mom happy, but I actually don't really believe, and I just want to tell you that. Which is, his honesty is respectful. And Elizabeth wasn't super concerned because she wasn't really big into her faith or whatnot at the time. Well, her husband actually went steps further and, and started getting into anti-Catholic, the anti-Catholic movement in France. And he would come home and he would attack and criticize uh, Catholic beliefs. He, he gave her an anti-Catholic book. And so she's like, okay, I'll read it. So she's reading this book, but she is very intellectual and she looks at these arguments and she's like, these, these are silly arguments. That doesn't mean anything. And so that actually leads her to, to more study, which leads her to reason and logic, which leads her back to the Catholic faith. And she starts reading scripture and reading other books and has this major conversion back to the Catholic faith. But she recognizes that her husband wants nothing to do with it, that he conversations are difficult to say the least, that he, they're, they're useless, he doesn't want to listen. About that time, she, well, pretty much her whole adult life, she had a lot of uh, physical issues, intestinal issues, um, cysts and different things like that. And there was a lot of suffering in her life. And she's, she prayed about it and, and realized, I, my, my husband's not listening to my words, but I will offer my prayers and my sufferings for his conversion. She says in her journal, suffering that is accepted and offered up is the best of prayers. She also said, I desire to live only for God, to generously do all I can in his service, and above all, to abandon myself entirely to his will. She ended up getting breast cancer and had a lot of pain for about 10 months before dying at the age of 48. 
She had visited Lourdes a couple times with her husband, and he set out, he, wrote, he wanted to write a book against the miracles of Lourdes. So he visits Lourdes, and there he has an encounter with God, and he just senses like his wife's presence. And he leaves there, and he starts reading her journal. And he realizes that the whole time they were married, that she was praying for his conversion and that she willingly accepted any sufferings that God would send her for his conversion. And then he remembered something she had said in their life. He said, I remember one day she had said to me with absolute certainty, I will die first and when I die, you will be converted. And when you are converted, you will become a religious. Three years after Elizabeth's death, her husband Felix returned to the Catholic faith. And a few years later, he was ordained a Catholic priest. Today, Elizabeth has been declared a servant of God, which is a step on the way to canonization. That here's this woman who, what did she want? More than she wanted healing for someone or herself, she recognized what was even more important, that she wanted her husband to know God and his love. And she was willing to persevere day after day, calling on the Lord, Lord, help me. But help me in the way that you know is best. I trust you. Give me the grace of perseverance. And so we ask for her intercession, perhaps this day, that we might be inspired by her, by the woman in the gospel, by unlikely heroes, that we might have the grace to persevere in turning to our Lord and trusting in the help he gives us.